Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game hour number two here on a football Friday. Good to have you in. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise with you. Our buddy Teron Davenport will join us coming up at 7.30 this morning. So we've discussed Preds, we've discussed the Vols, we got to the SEC. Let's get to the Titans, Titans and Bills on Sunday. And I have a really good feeling about this game. I was thinking about this yesterday, and this is one of the most unpredictable teams in the league, right? The Tennessee Titans are a microcosm of the NFL. It is truly week to week. But I think I have the perfect read on this game Sunday. So, so why, why do you feel this way as opposed to all the other games that you've been? This one is a can't miss. I'm 0 for okay. 4, by the way, okay. picking the Titans this year. Right, that's, that's 0 for 4. <laughs> oh, wow. So why, is, why do you feel differently about this one? Here's all the factors, both sides of the equation. First of all, the Bills are coming off of an emotional game against the New England Patriots. They were 3-0 and at home. They got up for that game to beat Tom Brady and Belichick, get first place in a division, emotionally spent after a hard-fought 16-10 defeat. So there's a little bit of a letdown. Then you come here, Taylor Lewan returns for the Titans, and in 2015, the Bills beat the Titans by a point. In 2018, the Bills beat the Titans by a point. This, whether it's Josh Allen or Matt Barkley, will be a revenge game for the Titans. Ugly, low scoring, but I feel very confident Tennessee wins. Um, I mean, I could see them winning. I said they would win. Um, I still feel that way. Um, I don't think, uh, yeah, I mean, they want to, the satisfaction of beating a team like Buffalo um, means a lot because you're going against one of the best defenses in the National Football League. And if you can move the ball against them, that gives you a sense of confidence uh, moving forward. Um, I don't think you're right from 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 the aspect of you know they got themselves up high for New England mm-hmm. and they end up winning. But here's the thing: defenses travel. Defense don't operate like mm-hmm. that. Defense just play, play, play. It don't matter. They just go and play. They don't care how high because they got a standard. And they stick to that standard. And Buffalo has proven over the last year and a half that they have a standard of play on defense and they uphold it no matter what. Um, but, you know, getting high and low, I mean, it, it can be a factor, but I don't think it's going to be that much of a factor. I just think this is a different team than what New England was for Buffalo. New England was better equipped uh, offensively and defensively to play a team like uh, New England. Actually, I think they are, they were better um than than New England from this for on the defensive side I mean defense going against their offense they were it was tailor made for Buffalo to shut that offense down because of the type of players they are they do a great job with the two safeties their cornerbacks are physical they they you know they watch the ball they sure, they're sure tacklers disguise their coverage exactly. very well their linebackers their middle linebacker is big uh, physical, mm-hmm. their their outside backers can run. The defensive front is good. They were tailor made to to just demolish um, New England's offense because New England is a smaller, quicker offense. The Titans match up. The Titans offense match up well with what Buffalo want to do defensively because the Titans are a bigger team, um, bigger on the outside with their receivers, bigger at the tight end position. 
bigger across the offensive line. I just think this team and this game, it's not going to be this lopsided victory, but I think the Titans are better prepared to beat a team like Buffalo than, say, another team you know, maybe in their division. And, and I, I agree with all of that. And I, I definitely agree with the you're 3-0, you're at home, and you're against New England. What, what, what that game meant to that fan base and what that game meant to that team, I, I totally agree with how up they were for that moment. And they played very well against Tom Brady. Um, I agree with the matchups as well. I also think this is where a quarterback who's mobile helps you in a big way because Tom Brady doesn't have any ability to do that. If, if the play breaks down to, to extend and maybe make a play, Marcus, Marcus can do that. So I, I do think a mobile quarterback helps you in this situation as well. Now, you don't want him taking shots. You want him to protect his body. But it does help when, you know, if you're on third and five and Adam Humphreys is totally locked down because Jordan Poyer, the great cor- the safety is – I mean, both their safeties are former corners. Micah Hyde and, and Jordan Poyer are both former – They can play. Th- those dudes can cover, and, and they can run, and they can tackle. So – they they are good players, and the corners aren't bad either. Um, so if Adam Humphreys isn't open on third and five because one of their safeties is so good that he's rolled up and taken away the five-yard out, can Marcus make something happen on a third and five? That's where Tom Brady can't because he can't he can't move around. And and so it'll be interesting. I, I, there, there's, there's recent history with these two teams. You mentioned it, Nick, right, with Nick Williams drop, famously dropping the touchdown pass and then the – you know, the drive that they allowed Buffalo basically just to run the football down their throat and then kick a game-winning field goal. There, you mentioned the, the, the one-point game before that. Then there's, like, sort of middle history, right, which is the, the Music City miracle. Then there's, like, ancient history, which is the Frank Wright comeback in the, in the playoff game. It's sort of like Baltimore. There's a, there's a lot of history between these two franchises just sort of periodically throughout the years. And um, right now, recently, the Bills have gotten the better of them a couple of different times, and, and I think – you know, I don't know if that matters to, to players. Um, you can speak to that, Derek. If you just, for some reason, can't beat a team, do you get up for them a little bit more? You know, because they've just gotten your number in the last couple of years. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I, but I agree with the, the matchups. I, I like Tennessee. I, you know, listen, I like Tennessee last weekend. Um, I like them this weekend as well. I still think it's very much like Auburn and Florida. I think it's low scoring and ugly and... First to seventeen wins. Don't, yeah, don't don't expect quarterback to to drop back and sling it all over the place. He needs to. This needs to be protect the football. If you have to punt, fine. Don't don't live to play another down. Is what is what the message is. I think this weekend against a very good Buffalo defense. What what is it though about Josh Allen? Because there's you know the guy has been winning some games and he's he's not an accurate thrower. Mm-hmm. But he just has these moments where he ad-libs and plays backyard football, and that's probably one of the reasons why he got his bell rung last week against the Patriots. We'll see what his status is for Sunday because he's in the concussion protocol. But what, what is it about this guy that somehow he, he, his, his energy is infectious? He's, he's figuring, he's using his athleticism to figure it out. He's using his athleticism to win games while he figure out how to be a quarterback in the NFL. That's what he's doing. And he has a, I mean, he's probably one of the more, he's probably one of the better athletic quarterbacks in the National Football League. But he can make every throw in the book. He has a strong arm and he can make every throw in the book. He's just trying to figure out how to be a quarterback in the NFL. You got to remember, this is only his, what, second year? I mean, he's trying to still figure out. And played at a group of five five level. 
He's trying to be. He's trying to figure this thing out how to be a quarterback in the NFL. But he's using he's using his athleticism in the meantime, and it's working for Buffalo. You know why it's working for Buffalo because of their defense. Because of their defense is the one of it's if not the best, the second or third best defense in the National Football League. So and you got a running back that's just timeless. <laughs> so you can afford to do all of those things while figuring it out because you have the the best friend of a young quarterback is a defense and a running back. And if you have a tight end that can catch the ball, they have all three. Mm-hmm. Now, they also have a quarterback with 18 interceptions and 13 touchdowns on his career uh, who is a 55% passer. So he, he, he has the huge arm, and he has the athleticism. And I agree with you. I think it's a great way to explain it. He's a very talented, very athletic young player who's learning his way. I think it's a very good way to explain it. The, the, the problem is he's not as accurate as you'd like him to be, and mm-hmm. he doesn't protect the football, and he takes too many hits. Yeah. And so there's like some of that's like Lamar Jackson went through that last year, right? Trying to learn how to be a quarterback. And, you know, 47% passer, took too many hits. Now he's better, right? He's mm-hmm. learning to how, to how to manipulate defenses in a better way. Josh Allen, like that was as big a hit as I've seen. It, like the Vontez Perfect hit. And it wasn't flagged. Yeah, the Vontez Perfect hit sort of overshadowed it. But if that hit was on Tom Brady, that dude would be gone. Oh, and by the way, Russell Wilson gets hit as he's releasing the ball, and it's a penalty. Last night. I'm surprised anyone's ever touched him, though. You get so hard to hit him. <laughs> but I'm just saying that shows you the hypocrisy. Oh, the Josh Allen didn't get Yeah, Josh <laughs> Allen yeah. didn't get a penalty. Yeah. Russell oh, yeah. Wilson, as he's, been, as he's releasing the ball, Clay Matthews hits, hits him, yeah. and he gets a penalty. Listen, it's uh, different rules, right? Different yeah. fools. But, but you know what? Though? Skins on the wall. I, and all I, that I, I'm, no, okay, I'm okay with it. No, I'm not. Because I here's why you can't be okay with different rules for yeah, different players. For, for the I, quarterbacks, I, at least I, I need to see elite quarterbacks, above average quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks. I need them healthy. We can't have a league where we're seeing seventeen Matt Barkleys. It's unwatchable. For well, that, me. that's but what that means. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that penalty, it should have been a penalty on on um on the Patriots. Yeah, on the Patriots, and it wasn't. Josh, Josh Allen was hit directly in the skull. Exactly. And no, no, no. I, and, I, and I get all of that, but I'm saying, yeah, I want the Russell Wilsons protected, and but not to that extent. You, if you, if you said that was just a blatant lie. As he's he has the ball in his hand, and, he and as hit. he's throwing it, Clay's right there, and he hits him, yeah. and they call a penalty. Okay. And then and then they score and, and with the go ahead touchdown. I, I think I'm not sure. I think consistency for every quarterback is what we're saying we want. The the discussion about do we do we overprotect the quarterbacks or not is a different discussion, right? Should they cons- yeah. we everyone should want consistency. Yeah. Everyone should want to be all every quarterback should be treated equally. Um if it's a penalty, it's a penalty, if it's a penalty. If it's not a penalty, it's not a penalty. But you can't allow Russell Wilson to, to not ever even be breathed on. Yeah, you can't and then him. you can just smack Josh Allen around all you want to. <laughs> you can pick him up, <laughs> slap him, <laughs> throw him down. Yeah, give him a wedgie right at the 50-yard line. And like, it's whatever. Nobody cares. No, you got to treat these guys equally. Mm-hmm. The, and, and do we want them to be overprotected? Okay, fine. We can have that discussion. That's mm-hmm. a different discussion. But they should be treated equally. And the hit on Josh Allen was a penalty. And it wasn't even flagged. And you heard the Bills players afterwards say, if that was Tom Brady, you know that those guys were getting flags. Exactly. And it wasn't. And that's the problem. And, and again, if, if it leads to Matt Barkley playing, can Titans fans say, well, I'm, okay, you know, I'm glad we're not facing Josh Allen? You know, that's, nobody should ever look at an injury that way. You, shouldn't, you should want to win against people that are, are at full strength and, and you know, take a, a true victory when it comes. You know, listen. If you're playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl and Tom Brady happens to get hurt in warm-ups, you're not going to be that upset about it. Nope. No. <laughs> You'll take the win. I get it. 
but not like that. Not not with hits to the head. You, you don't want that. All right, coming up next, can Marcus Mariota continue setting franchise records? We'll explain after this on Morning Drive. Guys, let me tell you about Xfinity. You guys know I'm not using the other guys anymore. Here's an equation you're really going to like. It all adds up to big savings. Let's do the math. Now you can get Xfinity Internet and Xfinity Mobile each for $30 a month. That equals awesome Wi-Fi from America's best internet provider and the best LTE on the go. It's the ultimate coverage solution. It's all in number. It's all in the numbers. You can save up to $800 a year on your wireless bill with Xfinity Mobile. And until October 27th, you could even get $250 cash back when you purchase an eligible smartphone. It's basically the perfect equation. Xfinity makes saving. That's right. Simple, easy, and awesome. Don't miss on Xfinity Internet and Mobile. Each with $30 a month, you'll get an, you'll get Internet now with up to 100, 100 megabits per second download speed for 12 months with a one-year agreement and Xfinity Mobile with three gigs of shared wireless data. Go to Xfinity.com slash save big. That's Xfinity.com slash save big. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires EcoBill and AutoPay. Internet offer ends 10-27-19. New performance internet customers only. Equipment taxes, equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. After agreement term, regular rates apply. Mobile savings compares to Verizon and AT&T plans. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. 717 as we continue on live here on a Friday edition of Morning Drive. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise, Teron Davenport will join us coming up in just about 15 minutes. So can Marcus Mariota continue setting a franchise record? Uh, Teresa Walker tweeted this yesterday. Mariota has set a franchise record throwing 169 straight passes without being intercepted. Kerry Collins had 161 straight in 2008. Also, Mariota with the longest streak in the NFL with passes not being intercepted. So are we watching right now through a quarter of the season not only the most efficient quarterback we've seen from Marcus play the position in his four years here, but are we watching a guy right now that across the league – is more than a game manager and just beyond great at protecting the football? Nah. I think you're just watching a guy that he's playing within the framework of the offense. Here, here's the difference. But that shouldn't be held against him. No, no, no. I, I don't hold it against him. He's just doing what they asked him to do. Here's the difference. Um, last year, LaFleur wanted him to do more. LaFleur wanted to open up the offense sort of more. He wanted to do some more sort of exotic things in the play, in the scheme, which meant the quarterback needed to do a little bit more. And you saw where that got him. Eventually they had to say, whoa, 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 let's turn around and get a ball to Derrick Henry. We saw how that worked out perfectly well. This year, I think Vrabel, and this is the reason why I think he hired Arthur Smith, because both of them are on, they think the same. They went in probably along with, with John Robinson and said, okay, listen, we got a running back. We got an offensive line. Our quarterback is we're still just a little shaky. Let's help him out. This is what we're going to do. We're not going to ask him to do – we're not going to ask him to carry the team. We're not going to ask him to carry the offense. What we're going to do is we're going to ask him to turn around and throw it and give it to the running back. And then – after that, we're going to ask him to do what he do best, play action pass, turn around, throw it, 
give it to those receivers, quick passing game, sort of, you know, the crossing routes, the the the, the quick ends, um, and, and just a flat-out go route. Let's do what – let's let's keep it within what he, he does best. We're not going to say, hey, listen, we're going to give you the playbook. It's yours. Open it up. Let you do what you want to do. No, we're going to constrict it. We're going to help you help yourself, Marcus Mariota. And that's how we're going to be a more efficient offense. And it's going to show in your numbers. And it has. He's been a more efficient quarterback. Now, his his completion percentage has Get gone down, down a, little, a little, bit. little bit. But they're taking exactly. deeper they're taking, shots. Yeah. They're taking calculated deeper shots now. Yep. And they're doing it in such a way where he doesn't feel as if he has to do it all by himself. And and the other factors to consider in all this, I agree with all of that. The other factors are three of your top four targets right now, the, of the four guys that have received the most targets in this offense. Three of them played a grand total of a quarter of football on this team last year. D- Delaney Walker, A.J. Brown, and Adam Humphreys, two of them didn't play a single down. Delaney Walker played half a game or whatever. So three of your four top targets in this offense weren't on the team last year. Derrick Henry, oh, by the way, is starting off the season from game one, the way he began the second half of the season last year. So you're getting, you, it looks like we could be getting an entire season of Derrick Henry, which is what we asked for all, all off season long. And oh, by the way, in the middle of all this, he got sacked more than any quarterback in the first three games in the in, in 20 years in the NFL. So there, there's a lot of reasons to like the direction that this group is going, but you still got to show up and do it every weekend. And, mm-hmm. you, and it's going to be tough against teams like Buffalo. You know, Denver, you know, listen, they lost Bradley Chubb one of their best players, but Denver's defense is no joke. You're still going to have to play well against that team, you know, next week. So you still got Jacksonville on the schedule. I mean, two Houstons, you know, there's still a lot of decent defenses left on the schedule. So this this offense has – there's there's reasons for optimism. All the things you're saying about the offense and the scheme and what, and what they're asking Marcus to do, I think there's optimism around the running game because Derrick Henry seems to start the season the way he finished it last year, which is great. There's more talent at the receiving position right now. With Janu and Delaney and the three receivers, you feel better about it. And that's not even including Tajay Sharp, who's been largely a non-factor for, for this team in the first few weeks. All of these are reasons for optimism. Uh, doesn't mean it's going to happen. you got to go out and execute against a really good, sound, difficult-to-read defense. I think, I think there's a lot on Marcus this week pre-snap. I, that, that's that's going to be the tricky part this week is can he get them into the right play you know, eight seconds to go in the play clock, and all of a sudden you motion a guy across, and it turns out it's man instead of zone. Well, you better you better be able to make an adjustment, and then they're going to trick you into thinking it's man, and then play zone, and then you better not quick throw it into a coverage. So you, you, Marcus is going to have to make really smart decisions and handle the football. This is why I'm like, if there's a lot of throwaways this weekend and a lot of punts and a lot of live to fight another downs, I'm okay with that because this game could turn into a – 15 to 12 field goal fest. On this show, we have made the comparison with Marcus Mariota. We've comped him to Alex Smith at times last spring and last summer when discussing what exactly Marcus is, what his ceiling is, what, you know, making the most sense of everything we have through four years. I'm looking at Alex Smith's 2017 season, which was his final season in Kansas City. He threw 26 touchdowns to five picks. He had a quarterback rating of 104. He completed 67% of his passes. Now, he threw for 4,000 yards. I don't think Marcus will throw for 4,000, but the rest of the numbers 
seems like something that we can sit here and say, could we see Marcus but, having a 26-5 and five season? I, I, I could. Yes, I would. And, and I think the Alex Smith comp is fair. I don't have a problem with that. There's no Andy Reid. There's no Tyreek Hill. There's yeah. no Travis Kelsey. That year, I think, was Kareem Hunt's year of leading the NFL in rushing. There, there's a lot. The, the weapons that, that he's got, and, and you know, I'll let Derek wax poetically about Andy Reid. Yeah, but, just... but like that, you know, when you get a guy who protects the football in a system like Andy Reid's, you can see how efficient that offense can be. Um, we don't, you know, Marcus protects the football pretty well. I was looking up the the active quarterbacks interception percentage, and he's he's tied for eleventh out of all active quarterbacks. So that means he's pretty good at protecting the football. He's not one of the best. You know, Aaron Rodgers is number one, right? Like, <laughs> dude's on a bad football team and throws thirty five touchdowns and two picks. Um, Tom Brady's up there at number three. Russell Wilson's number three. You know, so there's. You know, there's guys that are better than him, but he's one of the better quarterbacks at protecting the football. Yeah, um, it, 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 but go back to Alex Smith. Um, you know why those numbers were so good? It was a guy named Patrick Mahomes behind him, <laughs> so he knew he had to have it. And I said that he was at motivated. The I said that at the beginning of the season. I said, "Watch uh, Alex Smith had the best season he's ever had because he knows that Mahomes is behind him, and he knows he's going to get traded or released." So he has to have a good season in order to have a big contract. And lo and behold, he has a good season. Washington signs him to a huge contract. Would a player being in a contract year be similar? Yeah, it could be. No, no, it could I'm, be. I'm no, being, no, 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 no. Absolutely right. It should be. And that's what. Would it be surprised if Marcus has his best statistical year in his contract year? And yes, and I said that. <laughs> I think it was the last preseason game, second to last preseason game they had here uh, when I was on with um, Joe, and I said, you know. This is the season. If he's going to have a good season, it needs to be the season for no other reason than it's his contract year. You're going into your contract year. If you're going to have a big season, it needs to be this year. Because somebody, either the team that drafted you is going to pay you or someone's going to pay you. So if you're going to have your best year, you might as well let it be your last year under contract. Marcus is doing exactly and it's all, it seemed like it's all you know you, you can kind of take it back to the Alex Smith thing. It's eerily you know similar because mm-hmm. Alex Smith yeah, it is. was you know his last year or whatnot, and and and, and Marcus is in his last year. Nobody's behind Marcus. Yeah, there's no, but it's still there's like, not a first round pick sitting yeah, there either. But the contract's behind him. Yeah. The contract is sort of the motivation yeah. to push yeah. for him because I know Marcus don't want to leave Nashville. So if you don't want to leave Nashville, what then do you must do? You must have a really good season in order for them to yep. sign you back. Coming up next, our buddy Teron Davenport from ESPN is going to join us here on Morning Drive. Back after this on ESPN 1025 The Game. Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game. Good to have you in here on a football Friday. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise. As we welcome in our buddy Teron Davenport from ESPN and ESPN.com. Always does a great job covering the Titans. And he's back for his weekly appearance. TD, what's happening, buddy? How are you? Man, I didn't want you to start talking because I was waiting to hear Rakim say I ain't no joke, joke, joke. <laughs> wow, this is two straight weeks. Teron Davenport has just come in here and just shut me down. I think it's like 11 straight, no, straight weeks he's had no, something to say it, about the music. It's not personal with you. Uh, I don't know. Uh, did, did I do something to, to bother you? Am I, am I on the outside no, looking it, in now? It, it's, it's Eric B. and Rakim. <laughs> That's Marquise's fault, man, for choosing that good music to bring me into. All right, all right. I digress. I digress. 
So what do we make Sunday? I feel really good about this game in part because of Taylor Luan coming back, but also I feel like Buffalo may be a little bit down off of the emotional high of the game against the Patriots last week. What's your feel for this game? I think it's going to be a slugfest. It's one of those back alley type fights. I don't know what the over under is, but I would be surprised if it's over 36 because I don't really think either of these teams are going to score too many points. And Buffalo, I still feel they have momentum because, I mean, they're 3-1. and one, And, yes, they lost to the Patriots, but it was a close game, and they were able to scramble Tom Brady to the point where he struggled passing the ball. They've still not given up a, a pass of over 40 yards. Coincidentally, the Titans haven't either. So, I mean, I think they're coming in and they're, they're kind of salty. And I don't think the momentum is going to be an issue. I, I think just that salty defense is going to be an issue for the Titans. So what, so what makes it salty? I know they do a great job of disguising coverages, making you think it's one thing, and then all of a sudden the snap happens. And So I, I feel like Marcus is going to have a lot more on his shoulders from both a pre-snap read standpoint and a split-second decision-making standpoint. What is it that you see on film when you watch Buffalo that makes their defense so so dynamic? Well, first off, I'll start with the back end, and that's the safeties. And they're they really good um, just at not allowing anything to get beyond them, and that's why they haven't allowed any passes of 40 yards or more. But then Trey Davis White, man, he's he's a physical corner. I talked to some of the receivers in the locker room. They know that, and they're expecting you know physical play from him. So that's something. But then uh, Tremaine Edmonds is a guy that that's really good. He's very active. So he's someone else. You know, they'll they'll kind of bring him down in the box and then like as if he's blitzing and then drop him out. I saw a couple times where they did that with both of them, Milano and Edmonds. And I, I think when you look at at Oliver and Jerry Hughes and those guys up front, uh, that's another issue for for the titans uh that that defense is is sound they you know going back to uh sean mcdermott who you know nick we we know where he comes from right mm-hmm. you know he he's a, a jimmy johnson yep. jim johnson uh disciple so you know that defense is always going to be attacking and i i think it, you know that that defense is among the tops in the league so this isn't one of those games where i expect to see 20 points scored by the Titans or by the Bills, you know, so uh, they're, they're very sound. They're solid. TD, one of the plays that Derek broke down yesterday when he did his All-22 segment here on the show was a formation where the Titans were in heavy personnel, and A.J. Brown was the lone receiver, and we've yeah. seen him have two really spectacular games in the first month of the season. Considering he's a second-round pick, 51st overall, is A.J. Brown way ahead of schedule for a rookie a quarter of the way through a season? I don't think he's way ahead of schedule. I think he's just been able to come in and be used correctly and being put into great situations. And he's just exhibiting what he showed at Ole Miss. I personally felt he was the best slot receiver. I felt he was a, a top three Z and in my opinion a top five X. So that versatility was something that that I was really high on him about. And then in addition to that, I felt he was the best yards after catch receiver, and you saw that on on uh, last Sunday. And 
Derek was right. They had, and I, I remember looking at that play, and I was like, "Wow, AJ's the only he's this one receiver, and it's, it's AJ Brown." But even on that play, man, they did a great job of using play action just to kind of, you know, get those those linebackers to come up. And they were in man covers, but if you watch that play, the way thirty six and forty five were affected, man, they really, really came up. And I don't know what twenty one was doing in covers because he allowed AJ to get inside of him. And AJ just—he—he's, I think, an advanced receiver. You know, he's very confident with with his catching ability. So that's why you saw him run through that catch. He didn't have to slow down. And he's awesome after he gets the ball in his hands. And and that play right there really showed what he's capable of doing. Now, Teron, looking at this uh, this upcoming game, uh, and 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 I know people want to go back and and look at what Buffalo did last week and and going against New England and rightfully so but I think that I think there was a matchup problem um for for New England in this from this standpoint I don't think they matched up well with Buffalo's defense I think Buffalo was a bigger stronger more excuse me more physical defense that's why they were able to do some things against New England that many people didn't think they could do fast forward to this week I think they are more evenly matched with the Titans that's why I picked the Titans to win can you see the Titans doing some things against Buffalo that maybe New England couldn't do last week I you know I think they need to go to the screen game I know New England went to it at times last week and found found success so that's what I would do um I think the tight ends have to be a factor as well. And I honestly, I could see them finding ways to feature Deion Lewis a little bit more in the passing game. And and looking at last week's game, I know the Patriots were able to use. So it's not different. I think they could do a lot of the things that, that the Patriots did, actually. And uh, James White, you know, getting him matched up with 58 and that that was a mismatch in the Patriots' favor. I think it's the same this week, uh, as far as being a mismatch in in the Titans' favor. But it goes back to what I feel is always a, a difference maker for the Titans, and that's Derrick Henry. I, I really think they're going to have to feature him and, and and run the football against this this Bills defense. Now you're absolutely right. I I'm, I guess I should have should have better explained it from a physicality standpoint on the outside because New England oh, yeah. yeah, New England doesn't have the big receivers. Well, the Titans do. They do. And AJ Brown and Corey Davis, both of those guys are 62 plus and they're bigger guys meaning 220, 230 guys that can run through tackles. Yeah, and that's the thing. They have the the physical receivers that that you know, and that's that's exactly what Corey Davis uh, talked about. You, you know, when I when I spoke to him, going against Trey White and and the physicality that that he's looking forward to. He's looking forward to going against that. And you're right. Both of those guys are able to run through tackles. We've seen Corey Davis do it before. You saw AJ Brown do it against the Browns. So that's a, that's a good point. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about the Titans offense and the Buffalo defense. Let's go to the other matchup. And certainly the Titans defense getting far more pressure on the quarterback this year. Uh, they've been pretty solid against the run. You know, Frank Gore just continues to sort of defy father time. Where are you concerned, whether it's Josh Allen or, or Matt Barkley, where are you concerned 
about a personnel matchup for the Titans defense? Is there one at all? I don't really think there should be any concerns about matchups because if any, I'm going to say Cole Beasley, but what happens with him is, is, is death by paper cut, right? He's not going to get any vertical catches, but he will consistently move the chains. I think he has 20, 34 catches or something along those lines. And yeah, 24 catches, I think it is, but it's only 10 yards per catch. So they'll go to him as, as that guy to help move the chains, similar to what Adam Humphreys is supposed to be here. But I don't think there are any worries. Uh, if Josh Allen plays, of course, you have to be concerned about, yeah, his his design runs, but really the the undesigned, unplanned runs where it becomes like a fire drill and you have to try to execute, you know, keep him from being able to run and make plays. That would probably be the only thing to be concerned about. But other than that, I, I really don't think there's anything to be concerned about. Uh, Frank Gore, though, I will say, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, and he's a guy you give him just he, he could find the slightest crease and peek his head through there and, and break off a run. He doesn't have that, that long speed like he used to, but he, he's someone to, to watch. I mean, you have to mention Frank Gore. TD, good stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate the time. Thank you. For sure. Teron Davenport covers the Titans for ESPN and ESPN.com. The one guy I would say I, was, I would be concerned about is mm-hmm. John Brown going deep in the vertical passing game, but... Allen is not an accurate thrower, even though he has an arm. And Barkley might be a little more accurate, but he's got a Chad Pennington little pop yeah. gun arm that he. I don't think he can reach John Brown. <laughs> uh, pop gun. John Brown like is it. he's one of those guys that, and he's proven it. He beat um, the Titans last year yeah. with the Ravens. He caught he, a bunch of big passes. This guy has world class speed, and if you don't pay attention to him, he can beat you down the field and beat you consistently. And he he catches the ball well. Um, so I know that's one guy. I know TD talked about Cole Beasley in, in, in death by paper cuts, but I think John Brown is the guy that they need, really need to know where he's at at all times because I believe the only way Buffalo beats you is if, you know, one, if they're able to run the football. And I don't think they will be able to run the football that effectively, but, hey, it's, 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 it's Frank Gore, so it might happen. But they can beat you with chunk plays. And that's what the Titans can't allow. Right now, it's your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC take on Louisville City FC at First Tennessee Park, Tuesday, October the 8th. Just be caller number 5 right now, 615-737-1025. We'll come back, react to a couple of things that Teron had to say, and also take a look at the AFC South. The Colts have a stiff test this week. The Jags as well. Texans play the Falcons. We'll get to the South and how it affects the Tennessee Titans next on Morning Drive. All right, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5. The game, Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise, and a surprise cameo appearance in studio this morning. All-time great NFL fullback, Lorenzo Neal, who's now doing mornings on 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area for my old boss who somehow hired me in Philadelphia. D-Mace, say hello to your buddy. Man, I can say many things about this guy. Many no, things. You know, there's there's a congregation out there. There are people that you have listeners. This is like your platform. I hope you understand that. And there's a lot of listeners on you can give life or you can give death, bootleg preacher. And I hope you give more life. You two gentlemen, I gotta commend you guys. Face to face. I mean, 
it, it, oh, it, it's just goodness. interesting to see the dynamic. See how you you guys should get a raise. Whoever's the boss, <laughs> I'd like to talk to him today. He'll be here in a couple of okay, minutes. I, I'm excited to have the opportunity to sit down with him because this guy here, he's a train wreck. Well, he doesn't let us look directly at him. Right. Like right. We have to look the other direction when we talk to him because we're not allowed to look directly at him. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's what he so he us. says, don't look at me? That's what he told us. I can totally see that. You, you have a complex or something? I mean, what's the deal, bro? I mean, he wakes I mean, up handsome. He, I mean, he's pretty in the face and slim in the waist. I mean, I, I, I go out, I come in and I see, the, you know, someone's backed in backwards. It's black, nice Range Rover. I said, no money for D-Max. I'm, I'm, so if I was a betting man, I would think the Range Rover downstairs is yeah. D-Max. Am I wrong? Or no, I? no, you're right. Yeah, oh, that's I mean, his. Right. I mean, hey, listen. What just, is it about, brother? Just, Why? You are a, you are a politician to your heart. <laughs> just because you talk a lot doesn't mean you're right, okay? <laughs> what am I saying? He that, says that, that to me every That's when we so. apply to Brady as well. <laughs> that's how they treat me too. So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, I think low. I'm right all the time. Predators 1-0, guys. Yeah, Predators 1-0. 82-0, um, and 0, baby. 82-0. and 0. Who says no? Hey, I said it going 82 and 0. Well, be careful. If you come in here and start, to- start no, no, talking no, hockey, no, you, the, the boss it. might hire you. Yeah. No, you know what? Hey, they love okay. that hockey. We love our hockey. So if you start talking hockey, we might give you a contract. Who, who, who rates higher, hockey or the, 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 uh, the Titans? Dude, uh, the, the, dude the hockey is it is unbelievable, the, the interest levels and in how really? they've gotten – in the last five years, I mean, you go to a Stanley Football Cup. Football still it, rates high, yeah. but hockey is right there. Like, really, they the fan base hockey. is yeah. fan base. Huh? It, it is, I, and, I, and I'll say, and, and I don't, I'd be curious, you know. Sharks don't rate. Well, and we wow. have the Sharks from there in the well, playoffs. Well, the, the thing time. about this, last night there was more buzz for game one of a hockey season where you're going to get 40 more in that building than there was when this guy, Eddie and Steve, were honored a few weeks ago against yeah. the Colts. Yep. Wow, that'll yeah. put it in the right perspective. Yeah. For that's you. a that's a that's a huge perspective to be able to think like that. So last night the game was sold out, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, I mean, the fans come out; they're in the groves. I mean, when we were here and watching, we'd go to some prep games, mm-hmm. and that was fifteen, twenty years ago, and it was still the, yeah. the. I mean, people were still coming. This 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 fan base in hockey. You didn't think that it was going to be a think that it would carry over. Didn't know if it was sustainable, but. From the beginning, you had a pretty good turnout for since they got since the Preds got here. And, and I don't. We, we ask Derek all the time, mm-hmm. sort of like, "Hey, you know, old man, what was it like back then when you played <laughs> play football?" No, it's. Did I you go to any games back in the day? No, nah, because I, I mean, coming from Detroit, Why? having well, a red wing, black, you didn't really like hockey. <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a there's a black guy that plays hockey on this team. No, News no, 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 not anymore. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. rid of him. Yeah, yeah, rid of him. Were you happy about that? Or? <laughs> So that that gives you a reason not to go. I, I was when I was here at Titans. I was a man of color, and I would still go watch the Preds play. I'd go. Me and Frankie would be up there, and I'd have a cold, cold, cold I'd have a cold glass, and you know, a little slip smoke liquor. Would you, would you, would you Bible in one? No, no Bible at that time. That time I was I was getting it in, Coach. It, 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 it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of the Doug Williams quote from the Super Bowl, where it's like, "What's it always? Been? What's what's the question Doug Williams had to ask the old Redskins quarterback?" in the Super Bowl and he's like, what's it like being an African-American quarterback in the, in oh, the, the Super, Super Bowl? Bowl? He's like, I've always been. An <laughs> yeah, I've always been. Huh? Now I'm just having a Super Bowl. What, what's it like being a, a black, black fullback at a, at a hockey game? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, you know what? It, it was cool. There, there, there was, you know, to be shocked that I think that hockey is growing and, you know, even though you, you look at certain sports, especially certain club sports, baseball, it's a reason why 
African Americans and minorities starting to drop because it can be expensive. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, we talk about that all the time. Yeah, we, yeah, we talk it about it is. It's not. I don't think it's a race thing. It's just a. It's a financial. It's just, down to commitment. it's down to yeah. six. I was looking at the numbers yesterday. It was up in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Black participation in baseball was like in the nineteen twenty percent of the major league baseball players. Now it's down to like six. Yeah, and it's just not something kids are doing. And now travel we, ball, all yeah, the things and, that go with it. It's tough. We and we always say it. I think we think it's very important that you know a, a young black kid in Nashville can see a PK Subban play for a hockey team and see somebody who looks like him mm-hmm. doing right. something and being like, oh, I can do that too. And sure. I think it, I think it matters to people. You know, it's unfortunate he's not here anymore. It is what it is. They they had to make a business decision and move on from a very expensive commodity to, to bring in a, a, a different piece. So it's, it's been fascinating to watch the team grow from an interest level, and it culminated with a Stanley Cup run a couple years ago where there's 60,000 people out in the streets, 100,000 people with CMA mm-hmm. Fest going on, Amazing. and the whole world is like staring at what our little, our little team and our little town is doing, and it's just... It's it, the growth has been really amazing. So I think fans, what fans really want, mm-hmm. D. Mason, you correct me if I'm wrong, is just a competitive product. Everyone's yeah. always talking about oh Super Bowl or Stanley Cup or MLB. It's not even about that. It's the perception. It's a reason why the Steelers had only had four coaches over the last fifty years. Mm-hmm. When you have consistency in a product that's going to compete, we understand the Super Bowl is the goal, the Stanley Cup's the goal. I get that, but you get guys that can get you to the playoffs and make your product competitive i think that's in a whole give your fans hope they want to have hope and i think that's what sports in my opinion is more about than just necessarily winning and that's why i believe the national predators have been so successful with getting people to come out to games because over the last course of the four years they've been a consistently competitive and more than competitive team they've been one of the best teams in in nhl and the titans are on a kind of on the other end of the spectrum hasn't been as much consistency not many playoff bursts within the last 10 years. But once they start getting more consistent you know, moments in the playoffs, then people will consistently come out to the stadium and support them. You know, yeah. I mean, when we were playing, we were consistently a good team. Didn't lose a game in that place yeah, for a couple in, years. In the playoffs, so people came out right. to watch it. Right. Right. Why? Why? Why did? Why? Why was PK ran out? Just because the, 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 it, it was the contract. It wasn't ran out. It was the contract situation. They couldn't renegotiate or do. Well, well so his his tag was nine million. It was the highest price tag in in all of in their in their organization. They needed that money to bring in the forward that they need to bring in because they had enough defensive depth. They brought you know Dante Fabro is is a mm-hmm. big time prospect who's now playing in the top four. So it, it was all business. In fact, we probably pointed to it for a long time as if if you're going to make a trade. You trade the guy who's going to give give you the most More space, value. most and, cap and space, give you some value, yeah, and, and, and trade so, to get some value. It, it, listen, he was. I think everyone in in Nashville would agree. He, mm-hmm. It's sad to see him go because he's such a dynamic personality. He brought more attention to that franchise than any singular player probably ever has. Uh, he meant a ton, but it also was the shrewd right business move to sure, to open sure. up cap space and. You know, a guy who's one of the older players on the team. I mean, it, you know, it, it was probably the right move, sure. and we'll okay. see how this season plays yeah. out. So. Thanks. We we know you got to get running for your show in just a couple of minutes, but I'm good. Who we cares? okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Tell Nahiki <laughs> you're going to stick around I, here for a little bit. I just want to know, like, is are you sad that the fullback is not a part of the game anymore? Like, bring because you, you got the hat on. You got the hat on. It says make fullbacks great again. So. Yeah, because we, <laughs> we, we we've seen the and rebirth of running backs, right? <laughs> this is not Trump's America right now. Stop. It's fullback. It's fullback America. I get it too much too soon. Could you still? No, 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 could you? Could me. you still pave the way for Derrick Henry for a quarter? I tell him get on my hip and don't dip. Oh, okay. that's what's so get, on my, get on my hip and don't dip. I'll fall now. I'll get him. I'll get him. You know, one play. One play. It might be that. Might be the last play. But so, explain to everyone you've been nominated for the Pro Bowl. I mean, uh, for, for the Hall of Fame this year. Is this your 
first or second year that you've been nominated, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you you were a staple at that position. You were, if not the best, uh, one of the best top two or three fullbacks in the National Football League ever. Yeah. And it's just to me, that's the forgotten position. It the is fullback position. It, no question, Derek. It is, and 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 for me personally, I just think that even if I don't get in, Mike Allstott, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's guys out there, Moose Johnson. Tommy Rathman, you think of Larry, little Larry, Larry Sinners, William Henderson, yes. William Henderson, Larry Sinners would absolutely crush you. Sam Gash, there, there's guys, Corey Schlesinger with Detroit, block with Barry Sanders. So I watched that position because it was a position that I played. Played in that, yes, there's been the Franco Harris's and those guys that made it, but they were in split back. They were, it wasn't really a true fullback. So I'm talking about a true fullback that was going in there, lining up, and you know, going to the hair glass. I think that's a forgotten art, and I think you see the fullback position dying off, and I think the Cal Hughes checks, you see what he's doing in San mm-hmm. Francisco. The guy's blocking. He's at the point of attack. Hopefully the Raiders can get their guy going because he is playing. So it's a, it's a place for but it is a dying breed. But you've let kickers in, Ray Guy, which is great, and certain guys have been able to get in, the punters and kickers. It, you know, it, it, it is a position, and hopefully uh, the committee will understand that. Can, can I ask you uh, a – I don't know, this might be too personal. No. So if it's, so if it's no, too it's personal, okay. just – just okay. Derek know, you... asked me very personal questions <laughs> when, I, when, I first, when I first saw him. I went to his house. I spent a night. Too personal. Yeah. I, spent, I, I stayed um. the night at his house. I woke up. My gums were bleeding. My pants were down. I don't know what the hell happened. D-Mace. I, mean, I can't ask the question now. You okay. just totally changed <laughs> Oh, too soon? <laughs> no, not, not for me, man. Again, I don't know if management's listening, but who cares? Uh, you play, I can't ask the question. You played, you played 239 uh, games in the NFL. You played, I don't know, what, seven, 16 years, 15 years? Just an insane number right, of games. Right. And a, a, a position that is arguably the most physical position in the entire sport. You basically run into brick walls for, no. for two decades. Have you felt any effects of, of doing that in your life now that you're uh, a few years older? You know what? I, I do. My back's tight, neck's all the time hurting, you know, fingers. They can do certain things. Oh, 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 it oh, just, oh, uh, oh, oh. You know, got pins and rods vicious. in the leg, you know, two several surgeries. But you know what? You would do it because it, it, it put me in a position. My, me and my family, I think Derek would understand that, for, for us to in a, in a better position. And it helped you be able to pave the way for your kids and in our kids and hopefully for the future. So, yeah, I just wish, you know, the league would have told you about the CTE and all those different things. But I think they're doing a good job of trying to clean up the game and understand those 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 things of it, about it, the game. But it, it's tough. It, it's really tough. And, yeah, and I talked to some of my friends and asked them, hey, do you forget? And, you know, they're my same age. Like, Lo, don't worry. It's not CTE. I forget, too. So it, yeah. those things you, you, you do, you do wonder. You do wonder about your life and your life expectancy. So just pray about it. And you try to live a good life. You try to take all these juices and berries yeah, that Derek, Derek, Derek takes. And I don't know, maybe he'll Yoga. come up with a new potion that's going to help him grow his hair. If he can figure that out, I'm in. <laughs> hey, you are the same you boat notice, now. You, you notice, know, you you notice what I'm about here, here. Right, the ball, the ball brothers. Yes. I mean, you got, you got two guys that shine. I mean, you guys take turns polishing each other's hair. I mean, end up like a night like me last night with D-Mace, so you guys just hang out a lot? Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> okay, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. Okay. 10.30 a.m. right after the show. He's got a regular routine. Uh, he's, got a, he's got a rotation. Now, how, yeah, he's got a rotation. How many thousand-yard backs did you, you, did you, you block right for? Now? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? Too soon? Okay. Hey, shut up. <laughs> shut up. We're talking sports. Okay? <laughs> That's your partners. They're the ones yelling about the DMs. Go. Slide in. Low. low. If, if. Couch, buddy. If, 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 if Nah- Where's the text line? Was it blowing up right now? I mean, do we have the text line? If Nahigian was here right now, he'd tell you to get back to the Niners, right? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. 
So Nine, listen, Niners have not. Richie get back on get track. That. Oh, that's <laughs> it. Oh my God. I mean, you know, the Warriors what? preseason game's big tonight. So this is where the voice comes from. Is that guy? Yeah. Oh, that's tremendous. So quickly, how many? Because um, we gotta go to break here. You how many thousand-yard backs did you block it was, for? It was 11 years in a row. And, and honestly, the, 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 one of the big, biggest years that no one really talks about is the year in the, the last year. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the year 16, year 17, I went to the Raiders, ripped the hamstring, and I was just done. But year 16, people don't talk about when I was in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. LaRon McClain had yes. over 1,000. You had the playoffs. That was one of the biggest tasks. The guy mm-hmm. was running probably a 4'7". He's mm-hmm. almost a fullback, too. Yeah, he, he was, yeah, a, he was a converted yeah. fullback, but, but had to play running back. But that the, 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 the beating that I took... Was 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 tough. That mm-hmm. was one of those years that I was like, mm-hmm. after that year, I was like, man, I, I'm I'm hurting. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm hurting. So it was 11, 11 straight years, and it, I was I was very blessed, very blessed. Mm. Matt, this is for you. There it is. <laughs> Are you supposed to give him the, what? Let, what is Matt Mahie? He used to come in the studio. Get, get back to the Eagles. Get back to the Eagles. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're having too much fun. <laughs> oh my God, Joe and Dibs, you saw it. That's what Matt does to us all the time. There's where management <laughs> voice comes from. Yes, and here's the bootleg preacher, Derek Mason. I'm live. Okay, I got two minutes. My show started right now. I'm out, guys. All right, there he <laughs> is, <laughs> Lorenzo Neal, and he wants to make fullbacks great again. Oh, we man. will come back. <laughs> Dude, he's still pretty jacked up. Yeah, he is, man. You can lead the way for Derrick Henry. You mean like size or like on some, some <laughs> everything? Everything. What, what is in that man's system? Good stuff. All right, we're did back. Did he blow up the spot there? He did. <laughs> he did. He's been in Derrick's DMs. Hey, you can't listen to Low Neil. You can't. All right, we're uh, coming back. Our buddy Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Stay there.